whoa, 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 hang on a moment. Yes, you know what time it is. This is Jen, your host, and this podcast is all about taking agency and owning yourself. And every week on this show, I'm going to help you use your voice, stand in your power, and operate from a place of self. Hey, 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 people. Here we are again. It's coming on very quick, these weekly episodes. But I am good to go because I am excited to talk to you today about how you can have agency and own yourself even when you are feeling as though it's impossible. So for people who may have sensitive dispositions, who may have social anxiety, who may feel fear or who might be just quite shy, um, it can be quite difficult to find your voice and to stand in your power. And therefore, having agency in owning yourself might be something that you dream of from afar. And you may think one day, or you may think, I wish I, or you may think, why can't I be like them? But I'm here to give you a very short introduction on some of the things that you can do to improve that when you're coming from a place of, yeah, low, yeah, I guess a low, a low feeling of ability to, to have agency and own yourself. Everybody, everybody can do this. You just need some careful coaching and some guidance in the right direction. So that's what this episode is all about today. It's how do you move here? As we go through all the future episodes, we're going to really talk on very specific subjects. So again, some of the things that I've talked about in the previous episodes might get mentioned today, but it'll literally just be um, a top line overview. We will deep dive into all of these areas as we move through the episodes because there is so much to unpack around having agency and owning yourself, using your voice and standing in your power. So let's just quickly recap again, you know, just to kind of put ourselves in the place of agency. Agency really refers to the feeling of control that we have over our actions and their consequences. So all of our actions accumulate to become our life, basically, you know, how we live our life is formed from all the different actions that we take. Actions come from thinking, thinking comes from um, previous experiences, and also bodily functions. So your body, again, your whole nervous system remembers the past. And so it works from there. We can change that, though. We can't change the past, but we can change the future. We can change how you react moving forward. And it requires some time on yourself. But again, I guess you wouldn't be here listening to this podcast if you weren't keen on personal development and self-growth and self-mastery, because that's what this is all about. So, yeah, sense of agency really refers to feeling in control of your actions and your consequences, which, you know, again, equates to owning yourself. What actually happens though is sometimes we do things that are involuntary as we're moving through life. We make involuntary, involuntary actions. Some of those things just come from our subconscious 
And we're not aware, again, as I said, it's our nervous system that kind of moves us, our body or our mind into those places from, from past and lived experiences. But really having a sense of, sense of agency does require a level of um, owning yourself and making sure that your body and mind is in the right place to to move forward in life as you want to, not as how your body or your mind might have done in the past. So again, I'm, I'm specifically talking here about people who've struggled with having agency and owning yourself and how we can how we can move away from that. So it's interesting to just share this little piece of information that I found before when I was doing a little bit of research online. This was from a PubMed article, which was actually really interesting, but it was talking a little bit more about body movements and an agency in the way that we use our body and the way that we use our mind and connection. But it was quite interesting because it kind of uh, shared a distinction between um, having a feeling of agency and a judgment of agency. And a feeling of agency is something that is defined as a lower level, non-conceptual feeling of being an agent of yourself. So it's kind of like this background buzz of control that we might feel for the actions that we do but we're not explicitly thinking about them. So it just kind of actually happens. And when we do them and we do them right and we feel happy, then obviously, yeah, we're good. We feel good. Obviously, having not having that experience makes us feel the opposite. Yeah, we're not, we're not buzzing. We're feeling like someone's, you know, kind of taken our agency away. And I remember having this conversation with a coach of mine and, and she said, people can't take your agency away. And it is kind of true. I, I totally get that. People can't take your agency away. But if you're in a position where you feel that someone is overpowering you, therefore disempowering you, or you feel like you're disempowering yourself, which can also happen, then your agency does get taken away or you give your agency away. Either way, your agency is no longer within your control. So it's like, how do we manage that? So um, as I said, there's this feeling of agency versus judgment, judgment of agency. And compared to freedom, feeling of agency, sorry, judgment of agency is a little bit more of this higher level cognition that basically comes about from when we make explicit actions and attributions so that we are more in control. And this is going to be linked to our values our beliefs and the context of our actions, so how they will play out. So this is a little bit more about considered thinking and how we actually need to act or react to be in control. And when we say in control, we mean that in a non-threatening way. It's all about having agency, is about having control of yourself, not necessarily taking control of others. And by having control of yourself, it means that somebody isn't controlling you. And that's important when we talk about people who have issues with agency um, because you're sensitive, you're shy, you're scared, uh, or you have things like social anxiety. You know, the agency or the control is being removed from you because the situation, the fear, the other person is bigger than you. And we need to obviously try and try and address that. So yeah, let's move straight into this. So how do you cultivate your voice? So what I'm going to do today is really just go through some steps. They're not in any kind of like 
numbered approach. So I'm not saying like, you know, from steps one to 10, this is how you do it in this order. Um, but these are the things that you can do. And I've put them in a loose order because I think some of these things are good to start with and and finish with. But, you know, throw these into the mix in any way that you so desire to try and develop yourself so that you can have more agency and own yourself. So, you know, this this is a particularly interesting episode for somebody who who right now is in an environment or a situation with somebody that is not making you happy. You want to stand in your power, use your voice. Um, you know, again, it might even be just actually defining your boundaries with somebody and sticking to those. Or it could be something more serious or more intense, shall we say, like leaving a job or leaving your partner. And, you know, these situations might arise from negative experiences that you've been having. So again, it could be that you're in a relationship or a work environment that is not making you happy. And that might be because somebody is taking your agency away. So you're feeling disempowered or you're feeling as though you are, um, yeah, maybe being abused. And when I say feeling, you know, perception is reality. You are being abused if that's how it feels to you. Somebody is is hurting you and that's not good. But as I said, these situations are also great for people who just generally are very sensitive, maybe have a nervous disposition, might be a bit more, um, uh, you know, fearful in social environments. Um, and um, yeah, basically we can use these uh, scenarios to support that as well. So one of the things I want you to do, first of all, is is really you know, think back to some of your early childhood patterns. And again, you know, you might need therapy or a bit of support in these areas because these aren't the sort of things you can just jump into and just fix yourself straight away. They do need um, a little bit of attention. And quite often, you know, it's not easy to do this on your own. So therapy or coaching is is, is really good because you can do this in a more structured environment in a one-to-one with more allocated time. So today, as I said, it's just really, um, you know, going through the um, summary of what I consider should be done to support you in your quest for having agency and owning yourself. So looking at your early childhood patterns, you know, what happens to us in childhood greatly affects our nervous system. I've talked about that in the in the last episode around health and well-being. And, you know, your nervous system and your childhood patterns come around from nature and nurture. So obviously we're exposed to certain situations as a child. And, you know, those scenarios up until the age of sort of seven years old can create a pattern of values and beliefs that we hold dearly. And we may also have a genetic disposition that we have inherited from our parents So, for example, I mentioned in the last episode that I was reading a book called Sensitive and um, the author of that book talked about the fact that her parents are sensitive, her siblings are sensitive and her child is sensitive. So, again, that's a genetic um, nature element of that person's environment and or should I say that person's physiological environment. so, you know, these are the things that can that can that can create um, 
certain behaviors as we as we grow up so you can do some discovery work on this you know even something something as simple as thinking okay what are your self-limiting beliefs if you can identify your self-limiting beliefs the things that hold you back in life that you might say to yourself over and over again these will usually come from things that have happened in your childhood and then you know you might want to explore that as i've said with a therapist um i have a very close friend of mine who has just started working with a counselor and one of the things that she really wanted to to cover off was um, how do I talk about my childhood? Because she'd not really gone down that route before. So some people, this may be difficult. That's why you need a therapist. And there is no shame. I fully uh, support and recommend working with therapists and coaches. So um, please do, you know, seek that out if you want some help to understand your inner child and your childhood patterns, because they will definitely help you to become um, stronger in yourself and, you know, obviously develop a, a greater sense of agency. Another thing that's super important when we think about how and why we need to have agency and own ourselves and that can, you know, really help you if you if it's not something that you're confident with, is really think about your why. Why is this important to you? Why do you have to have agency and own yourself? If it's something that you struggle with, but you're now getting to the point where you're thinking that I, I really have to change something. I have to operate from a different place. I have to, you know, move my life into a place that it's not really been into before because of, and that's why, because of X, Y, and Z. So this is your why. And, you know, for some people, this can be from a health perspective. You know, it might be that you want to be a role model. I talked in the past episode about everything you do inspires other people. So it could be that you want to be a role model for your children. It could be that you want to be a role model for somebody that you manage. You might want to be a role model for um, a sibling, anybody you can be a role model for. But, you know, some people want to do it for their children. They want to show them a different way. They want to break those childhood patterns, change that cycle. Um So, you know, if you wanted to have more agency and own yourself but find it difficult because of a natural disposition, genetic disposition, if you can take steps to change that now, that's obviously giving some greater exposure of this to your children and allows them to perhaps operate in a different way as they start to grow up. So it is very important, but it's all about your why. So as I said, it could be your health. It could be a role model. It might be because you want to get ahead in life. So you might feel that actually the way that you're operating at the moment isn't really giving you the results that you need. And so therefore, you know, it's a quest of yours. Again, having agency and owning yourself is really around having control of your life as well as yourself. So if you feel that something's holding you back and you want to get on in life, um, that's a powerful reason to, to make some changes. It could also be that you want to move away from a bad relationship, as I said earlier on. Um, could be a toxic workplace or it could be a toxic um, personal relationship. Another thing that's really going to help you to um, have the courage, because again, this is all really around being brave and having courage when it's something that you don't feel comfortable to do, is affirming what your boundaries are. So again, we're going to really deep dive into boundaries at a later episode because I've touched on these a lot and it's obviously one of the strap lines for the show. But it's about understanding what are your boundaries? What is important to you? So that by the time you're conveying your message to somebody, 
it makes complete sense. You know what your why is, so you know why you're talking about this and you know what your boundaries are. You already have courage in your own convictions. You believe yourself. So if you believe yourself and if you've sold this to yourself, that it's going to be much, much easier to affirm this to somebody else and make sure that they're very aware of what it is that you want and need to make things work for you as opposed to just somebody else. One of the things that you can do with both of these aspects, and actually, you know, again, just generally, you can just free write. Journaling is amazing. But actually, just write stuff down. You know, write stuff down about why are you, just do a brain a brainstorm or a mind map. Why are you feeling like this? You know, well, what is it that's kind of causing you to feel stress about standing up for yourself or having your, you know, owning your voice and standing in your power? Write that down, you know, brain dump, um, mind map those, and then write down, even visualize, you know, what is it that you would love to be able to say? Write that down and then visualize saying it because actually the power of visualization is also really important in having agency. If you can visualize doing something, then it is more likely to happen. You know, visualization is a technique that's used by a lot of Olympic Olympic athletes and other, you know, successful people because they visualize something as reality. You know, we talk about um, affirming, positive affirmations work for a lot of people because it's putting something in your mind's eye. Vision boards work for a lot of people because it's putting something in your physical vision. You know, seeing is believing. So when you can visualize mentally or actually something is happening, it makes it easier to, again, have the confidence and the courage that this will actually materialize. So write it down, make some notes, do what you need to do to visualize what it is that you want to say, do and be coming to life. Then that makes it so much easier. Find an alibi. So if you're feeling, you know, shy or anxious, find somebody. When I say an alibi, I mean somebody who is in your corner. And that could be a therapist, but it could be a friend. It could be a sibling, anybody that you have a great relationship with that really, truly knows you and has your back. You want that person to chivy you along. Also, you might want to just say, can you be ready? I'm going to make this I'm going to have this conversation that I've been dreading, but can you be ready so that I can call you or come and see you afterwards? Ideally, so that we can celebrate, do some punching the air because we've actually achieved something together because you've supported me to get to this place where I've had the confidence to stand in my power. So have somebody who is in your corner, have a cheerleader as well as yourself because sometimes when you lack confidence, when you are quite sensitive, when you're shy, having a person who knows you, knows your disposition and understands some of the issues and challenges that you have to face, that's going to be so cool to be able to just go and give them a call or go and see them afterwards or even before for a pep talk. So yeah, have that person in your corner. This is, um, the next thing I'm going to suggest is a little bit more 
it's definitely something that I really think you should work with a therapist on. But you can actually do stuff around um, this yourself. And I also do support people with CBT when I coach them. Um, but yeah, CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy. So what that actually allows you to do is look at the cause and effect and work backwards. So thinking creates behavior or creates sensations that creates behavior. And actually, sometimes if you can pull that back and unpick it, it helps you re-engineer. So cognitive behavioral therapy is about kind of really re-engineering that whole pattern. And sometimes, you know, bringing in a pattern interrupt because exactly, you know, for somebody who is sensitive and shy and nervous, you want to pattern interrupt what's actually happening because you need to break that pattern. You know, and again, we're not saying that you're going to do all of this and all of a sudden you're going to be like 10 men and you're going to want to, you know, take on the world. That's not going to happen, but it's just going to make incremental changes. We talked about this in a previous episode. You know, small steps are better than no steps, even though sometimes no steps are also okay. Okay? So, you know, everything that you do, even being here today, we talked about this on the first episode, showing up to this podcast and listening to these episodes is something that you're doing. You are taking agency in and in yourself by being here. That's a step. Even if you come off this episode and don't do any of these things that I'm suggesting, you've actually listened to the podcast. So at some point that's going to impact you. It's going to be in your mind, in your periphery of thinking, and it will come back to you and it will give you what you need. But CBT, I definitely recommend that for people who struggle with um, the fear of confidence and assertiveness. The other thing as well that I would recommend, a couple of books, actually, again, I'm a bookaholic. I love to book, love to read books, love to buy books, love to put them on my shelf. Um, then I run out of space. But if you're like me and you like reading, um, and again, you know, I say books, we could be doing audio books here as well. But I recommend two books here. One is Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman. And this is really just around um, understanding the thinking systems. So we have two systems. We have one which is instinctive and emotional. And then we have another one which is more logical and deliberative. So actually by understanding those systems, it understands our reaction judgment and you know, how we can actually use that for being more considered. And that's really what we need to be when we're in a fearful situation, but having to stand up for ourselves, you know, the, the way we want to do it to avoid aggression or passive or even more floods of emotions such as, you know, fear, so running away or um, sadness or crying, actually to be able to stand in our power, we need to understand how our brain works. And so another good book is The Chimp Paradox, which you may have heard of. And this really looks at kind of, again, how the brain processes um, thoughts and reactions around some of those self-limiting beliefs, those childhood patterns. And it looks at the conscious and subconscious thoughts and reactions. Um, you know, so it's looking at the tapes, I guess, that we've been playing ourselves that lead us into, you know, automatic um, pilot. And we sometimes need to move away from that because the chimp is our autopilot. And it will sometimes take us 
into the wrong place. It's not always a good autopilot, so don't always put your brain on that mode. So yeah, definitely recommend those two books for, again, understanding how the brain works and how you might be able to master that a little bit more, because again, we're talking about self-mastery here. Another key area is, and this is really, you can practice this in advance, but it's also something specifically for um, for the actual time when you want to exert your level of authority by having agency and owning yourself is physiology. So this is a real crucial component. So body language. So, you know, if you sit down and hunch yourself forward and put your face down and don't look at the person, you're already giving that person power. You've already given your agency away. They've already got a more superior position to you unless they're also sitting in the same position, which is unlikely because you've actually given them an opportunity to actually exert themselves. So what you really want to be doing is assuming that position. So, you know, shoulders back, stand up, which gives you a little bit more authority. Also, um, the way that you hold your head, the way that you hold your whole posture, really, you don't want to slouch. And also the eye contact and, you know, being relaxed in your body stance as well. So you don't want to have your arms crossed in front of you. You don't want to be, you know, um, ideally, you don't want to be rubbing your hands or um, fidgeting. Because, again, that sort of gives something away to the other individual that you are in a place of inferiority. So if you can really practice that physiology, you can do that in the mirror and you can do that with a coach or you can do that with your alibi, the person that's got your back. Some other areas that really help prior and maybe also at the time of having this conversation where you need to exert your own authority by, by you know, using your voice is breath work. So breath work before and breath work, as I said, during as well. So box breathing is a really easy way of doing breath work. Um, and again, box breathing is really just a simple rhythm. So breathe in for two, hold for two, out for two, stop for two, breathe in for two. So, or you can do that for three or four. So that's box breathing. Um, or you can do some more advanced breath work. And also another thing that really complements this, which is not something you're probably going to do at the actual time, but before is really great on the nervous system is cold water therapy. What that really helps to do is regulate the nervous system. Um, using your breath in cold water, whether that be a shower or, you know, dipping into the lakes, um, is really good for regulating your nervous system when it gets into this point of fight or flight. So actually what you're doing is you're, you're conditioning your nervous system to react differently when your body potentially could freeze or run or, yeah, fight or flight, as we said before. So you either say nothing, you're either aggressive or you're either passive. Um, is just, you know, a couple of examples of how your body will change. You actually want to say everything that you want to say so you don't want fight, flight or freeze. You want to be regulated and you want to feel in a nice, easy place to do this. So cold water therapy really helps with that. So you could start by just doing like 30 seconds a day in the shower. That's a good starting point. And it is really good for regulating your nervous system. And, um, you know, when I was doing this in the past, I actually also did some singing because singing uh, is great also for the vagus nerve, which is also, again, helps with regulating that whole nervous system. 
And um, I found that singing during a cold shower actually really allowed me to ex- like exert the control over my body. Now, I'm not suggesting that you should all go and sing in these cold showers, but for me, I actually found it really good. And I would sometimes sing the numbers like zero or one to 30. So so I knew that I'd done it for 30 seconds. Um, So yeah, there's loads of ways you can do, but that's just a bit of an example of how I did it. So I mentioned before about your physiology being in the mirror. This is a really good way to, 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 to do, um, to do this is practice, practice, practice and practice. And and do what you need to do, say what you need to say in the mirror. So it might feel a little bit strange and a bit false because you're actually saying it to yourself, but sometimes actually it can allow you to really just practice that whole physiology. And another thing that's really good, um, again, you may or may not need a therapist for this, but something that's really good for social anxiety and people who really struggle to hold their own and find their voice is something called exposure therapy. So exposure therapy means that you're gradually basically flexing your fearlessness, basically, that's what I like to call it, in the face of what it is that gives you discomfort until it no longer makes you feel that way and that you've mastered you've mastered that fear. So then you can move on. It's no longer a scary situation. So for example, it might start from writing your feelings down, but not sharing or saying them to then saying or sharing what it is that you want to say in the mirror, as I've said, then it might be writing them down for a recipient, sending it in a letter or sending it in an email or a text message. That's a step forward it then might be practicing it to somebody else, your alibi, the person that's got your corner. Finally, it would be actually confronting the individual and saying it to them. So that's just a real quick whistle-stop tour of exposure therapy. But, you know, this is something that you could look at doing to gradually move yourself into a place of self-empowerment where you can have agency and own yourself and feel as though you can move away from situations that aren't serving you. So that's a really interesting one. Finally, before I just finish off today's podcast, is just do it your own way. Okay, what I really want to say is with having agency and owning yourself, there's no wrong or right way. I'm giving you so much information in these podcasts that you can take away bits that work for you. I have a totally different personality to you. We all do. Nobody is the same as anybody else. We are super unique because every single thing that's happened to us in our lives, our patterns, our genetic disposition, our lifestyle, our demographics, everything makes us completely different. So there's no two people will do things exactly the same way. So this is a almost like a list of things that you can pick and choose from. It's pick and mix. But I've given you quite a lot of content there to really help you with having agency and standing in your power when you feel that it's something that you really, really, really struggle with because everybody has a right to self-empowerment. Everybody should be able to do this, even if it might be hard, because actually by doing this, it allows you to be in control of your life and execute your life as you wish it to be, not as somebody else is doing And you will suddenly move away from feeling that you have no control because, you know, you'll be bringing this back in. 
So one of the things I just wanted to end on is is something around positive reinforcement and negatively reinforcing a situation. So actually, um, or should I say positively reinforcing a negative situation. So if you do not stand your ground with somebody who is taking your agency away or that feels like they're taking your agency away or you're giving your agency away, if you do not stand your ground by using all of these tips or any of these tips, whatever works for you, what you're actually saying to that person is, it's okay. It's okay to treat me like this. It's okay. And actually, it isn't okay, is it? We know it's not okay, because if it was, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. But actually, as long as you say nothing, you're signaling to the other person that it's all right to carry on doing what you're doing. So if you're in an abusive relationship, if you have a child that disrespects you, if you if you have a relationship with somebody, could be any kind of relationship with somebody who has a mental health issue, one of the amazing things with people with a mental health issue is that what really works for some of those people is boundaries. So if you have your boundaries, you've already created a line between you and that person. And I'm using somebody with mental health as a very distinct example here, but having boundaries obviously works with everybody. Um, but you know, it's, it's as long as you let people get away with the behavior that they're displaying, taking your agency away they will think that it's okay. They will think that what they're doing is okay. And it's not okay. And you really need to stand in your power. So one of the things that you can do to, to, to change this is, as I said, you know, stand up for yourself and say what it is that you need to say. You know, when I say stand up for yourself, it's not in an aggressive way. As we've said, it's very sort of controlled and considered way. Um, but also, you know, you can use forms of... Um, you know, sort of negative reinforcement by taking something away from somebody. So, you know, a good example of this is, you know, if you've ever watched Super Nanny, you know about the naughty step. So basically when a child is naughty, they get put on the naughty step. Other examples of this are, you know, right, okay, I'm going to take your devices away from you. So this is just some like low level examples that people can do with children. But actually what happens if you continue that behavior over time is letting people know that it's not okay to do this thing and people then suddenly realize there are consequences and that's really what negative positive reinforcement is all about it's about consequences and if you're telling somebody that it's okay to carry on treating you badly because there are no consequences they'll just carry on that's really take that is taking your agency away or giving your agency away and you should not be doing that you need to have ownership of yourself and and take control and but i can tell you as i said in other episodes i have been here in the workplace definitely in relationships i have been in some abusive relationships actually you know, on all levels over my lifetime not all of them but some of them and eventually I have got to the point where I have stood in my power and I have used my voice. And I just think now, why did I let it carry on for so long? And I know the reason why it was because I had a lot of stuff in my early life that I hadn't dealt with. And I have dealt with that now. That's why I really believe the power of therapy and going away and actually talking about the early programming that happened, your inner child and some of those beliefs and patterns and tapes that you're playing yourself over and over and over again. If you don't break that cycle then you will continue to behave the way that you have always behaved. And if you're not happy with that, then you'll never be happy with yourself and your life to the same extent that you would be if you could change that and have agency. So, you know, the key thing here is about having control over yourself, not others. It's about self-control and 
Sometimes when you feel stressed, sensitive, shy, shame or fear, it's hard to do that. But actually what you're saying, what you're signaling to other people, what you're signaling more importantly to yourself, we talked about this again, it's your relationship with yourself, is that you count. You are important. And, you know, a big part of what I do with my coaching clients, my product is called On One Oxygen Mask First, is about putting your oxygen mask on first. If we do not look after ourselves, how the hell are we going to be equipped to look after others? It is a no-brainer. So please, 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 even if this feels hard, I would love for you to take something away from this session and really start inputting some of these aspects into your life for self-development, personal growth, and self-mastery so that you can have agency own yourself, stand in your power and use your voice. So on that note, we've done a 35 minute episode today. So I hope that you've got quite a bit from this. I'm really looking forward to talking to you again next week. We're going to dive into a very specific subject. Watch this space to see what that subject will be. And until then, please do take very good care of yourself as always. Have an amazing week and I'm sending you so much love and power. Okay, guys, take care. Speak soon. Much love.